Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. We met through a mutual friend that introduced us, I think really just to have a little fun with each other. Like it was so not serious. I had just broken up with a guy and you were separated at the time, right? Yeah, I was uh, separated from my first marriage, but it'd been a year or so. And it it was in New York City. I was working uh, because I lived in Los Angeles, but I was working in New York on a series. And Alicia lived there and she was working at a gym and I was heavy into the gyms at the time. And so my friend said, oh, you got to come meet us. And he, and he said, oh, we'll just go get a smoothie or something. Because it was at a different gym than I worked out at. So I was like, all right, you know, whatever. And I, I had been married for so long. And now that I was separated, I was dating. <laughs> having fun. Enjoying myself. And I was... Twenty-one. I was very young. He I was. I was, I was only. I, yeah, you were twenty-two when I first met you. That's for sure. There's no doubt about. That's a fact. I turned twenty-two after we met. Well, when we first had sex, were you twenty-one or twenty-two? <laughs> I was twenty-two. Okay, and and did we have sex like real fast after we met? No. What? No, because you went. <laughs> no, because you went bullshit. to back to LA to do the movie. And, like, we met, and then there was a break between it. That's not true. (laughs) The sex was, like, pretty fast. Because you, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but, like, you you were set up to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. She said it. She said I was set up to have fun, and then she decided not to have fun for how many months? That's that's a lie. (laughs) No, we met. And we we talked. We met at the gym. And What happened on the the day we, we had the first date? Well, yeah. That. (laughs) I've been on the first date. But there was time between when we actually met and the first date. Oh, so is that your justification? (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. (laughs) I I had been married. I had four kids already. And I was like, no way am I doing that again. Uh, No way. And, and I made it clear, you know, I was like, you know, if you want to have fun, cool, let's have fun. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I was almost 40 and I was like, I already have my responsibilities. I'm taking care of them, this and that. I'm not, you know, she, I know she's young, she was young. So there's no way you would get serious and maybe married to someone that young without having more kids. And I was like, there's no way. <laughs> Which is <laughs> so silly because now I have twice what I have. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like, oh my God. But um, so it took like. Oh, wow. Three, four years. Well, we were to, we started seeing each other and then well, maybe a year and a half later, you the show ended for you and you were going back 
to LA. Mm, was it that? No, one? I didn't end this. I did, well, did you five left. years I'm, on the show. At the point where you were leaving, we had only been together for maybe a year, but like no, literally casually true. dating. No, it, it was, we met in 2001, right? Yeah. The and show ended in 2005. That's not a year late, five or six. That's. But I moved here in 2003. I don't remember that. But a small guess or question, the show ended on air or the show stopped shooting? The, sto- the show for me ended in 2005. And that's when I moved back here. I mean, I had a place here, but I I was never there. I was always in New York. Well, I came, he said, why don't you come hang out with me for the summer? And I auditioned for a film that I, I was trying my hand at acting. It did not work out well. <laughs> <laughs> it was not my thing. <laughs> and I did the film, I don't know, for maybe like a month. And then... I just stayed. I never went back to New York. It was kind of like there was no reason to go back. And I Well, the original thing was though when I was in uh her job in New York was right near my apartment, like a couple of blocks away from my apartment. Where she lived was way up in the Bronx. So she was always traveling to go to work and my season was over, so I was coming back to L.A. to hang out with my kids. So I said to her, why don't you just stay, before she was living with me, why don't you just stay at my place over the summer so that you don't have to do all of that? And she was like, okay, cool, cool. So I didn't even think about it, and I <laughs> and I came back for the next season, and, you know, I guess in my head I'm going... When this motherfucker going back to her apartment? <laughs> That's it, because I went back for a little bit, and you called me, and you were like, where are you? I haven't seen you around lately. I think yeah. we recollect a little differently. <laughs> I, I was, you know, so it kind of, she kind of, I mean, it's obviously my fault. I wasn't clear enough, but she kind of just became my roommate. And that is kind of how it happened. And, uh, and, and, you know, I was like, okay. Uh, and that's <laughs> when, and I was still dating. I did like you, but I was still dating other people. So I was like, okay, how am I going to do that now? Because it was, I'm like looking like the girl who just like made myself. That is not how that happened. That's how it happened to me. And, Again, I was very, I wasn't clear about the living things, but I was very clear about the fact that I am not, uh, I have no intention to be monogamous. You know, I was, I was always clear about that. I was like, (laughs) yes, annoyingly clear about it, I guess. That's true. There was one night we were in the bed and he says to me, I just need you to know this is not going to go any further than this. I was like, okay, because I didn't really ask, but okay. But you feel the signs. You feel the signs. I guess he thought I was enamored or whatever with him. But no, we were we had openly were not monogamous for a very long time. 
think it, it changed much quicker for me than him, obviously. <laughs> I think for me, it was the coming to L.A. with him. That, I don't know, it just kind of happened. Like, somewhere in there, he was the only guy that I wanted to be with. Like, I just, we can just be with each other, and it it's enjoyable. Like, we don't have to be doing anything fancy. We could just go to the park for the day, or oh, we were always going to the movies. And then I was, like, comparing every guy that I went out on a date with, with him. And they were not living up to it. So I think I <laughs> I caught on to the falling for him much more quickly than he did. I think maybe somewhere after a year, it was like, okay, this is not just a play around type of thing. But I was still trying to be the mature, no, I can handle this. I don't need it to be monogamous. Um, but I think when we came to L.A. was when I was like, OK, this is a little more than just a hangout for fun. And I just happened to have the keys to your place, according to him. No, that was New York. That wasn't L.A. No. You know, but no, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I was trying to have it both ways because <laughs> clearly you don't invite somebody to move from one city to another without having serious feelings for them but i was still like you know as long as you know you know but um yeah clearly at that point the move from new york to la things were much more um much more serious but i was still i had four children four, most people don't have four children yeah. and and nobody in their right mind has eight children <laughs> <laughs> like I do, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I admit I'm not in my right mind. <laughs> so, you know, that had so much weight on me. It wasn't just the fact of getting married and having kids. I, I already did it. And obviously I still had a lot to do with my, the children that were here and my ex-wife and all the stuff I was going through with that. And so, you know, I had all this all this history that told me don't don't do it again don't do it again but i was still relatively young and i think ultimately the idea as i as the years passed of saying well what what are you actually here for what are you what are you going to do with the rest of your life you know what do you think you're going to be a you know player at 60 and 70 and i you know to be honest, I, I would hang out with some friends, some some actors, some famous who who were. And eventually it became sad to me. I thought that. Mm. And, I, you know, I said, you know, I know that's down the down the road, but, you, you know, it's like saying, oh, I'll deal with that when I get there. And it's like, no, that's too late. It's too late when you get there. So. So slowly that started working on me. Well, at some point uh, in L.A., we broke up because I was not old, but getting older. And I was I want to get married and I want to have kids. And this is what I want. And if you don't want to do this, then this we need to stop this because I know that I love you. And I know that this you could be the person, but he wasn't quite there yet. And so we broke up. For how long? 
a uh, few months, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It didn't make it yeah. very far, but I went. He helped me get an apartment because he promised if if I came out with him to L.A. and we did break up, that he would help me get on my feet on my own. And once we got back together, I think you, you don't get back together and decide, oh, well, I'm not really sure if this is going to work or not. So once we were back together. And didn't want like a... Like, yeah, let's get married in 2000 and, uh, you know, one of those huge, <laughs> long engagements. I don't I, I find that silly from personally. So if you if you know you're getting married, you know, find the time, the venue and just do it as opposed to. But again, I mean, I'm not a you know, I'm not a fancy person. I don't need all that stuff. And and so we, we probably like, got married six months after that. Yeah. How did we get back together? You were shooting a, your your own short film, and it happened in the midst of that. that there was, was a yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. A friend of his, like brother or something, passed away. There was a lot of stuff going on, and I have a limited memory <laughs> of <laughs> but, a lot of things. Uh, but but also when we got back together, there wasn't an immediate engagement. But um. We just knew that's what we were working towards. It was pretty fast, though. Yeah, once we got engaged, we got engaged New Year's Day, and then we were married by June. Yeah, June 23rd, that day. That's the Mm -hmm. day. (laughs) (laughs) It was very quick. I was like, let me hurry up before it changes his mind. I think for me, because I had been married before, you know, all the things that people talk about, about love and she da 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 none of that, none of that. I find that to be bullshit, to be honest <laughs> with you. What, what really stuck it for me was that I could, I wanted to hang around with her. That, that, no matter what we're doing, if it's just, you know, whatever, you know, not, um, you know, she's the most amazing person, <laughs> which, yes, that's true, too. But you know, there, there are a lot of amazing people in the world. There are a lot of beautiful people. There are a lot of fun people. But like, who can you and even forget about my ex-wife, but the women I had been dating was like, oh, I like this one for this. I like that one for that. But ultimately, I didn't want to like go hang out with them. I didn't want to go have lunch. I didn't want to go have, you know, not all of them, but but a lot. And and with Alicia, I could just like hang around. And having been married, knowing that that's most of what you do when you're married, you just fucking hang around. It was like, okay, then I, I and that not that I liked it, I was comfortable with it, I enjoyed it. And all the other stuff, obviously, I was very attracted to her. I thought the sex was good. I thought she was smart. You know, she was tough. And that's what that's the other thing I want. I, you got to be tough. You got to be strong. You can't. I, I, I have the tendency I can push people around without, you know, you know, but I don't want to be able to push anybody around that. You know, people in your circle, if you if they're not as strong as you are or, you know, in that realm and I don't know if strength is the right word but if they, they don't have that uh, that drive that you have then you know I, I, I'm not really gonna 
ultimately maybe have respect for you. You know, I can't, I like, I'm an alpha, but I like a, I like to be up against an alpha too. And she kind of, <laughs> she has some of that. So I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, with him, he was always really honest, almost to a point where I was like, this is just a little too much information. <laughs> but I like that. And he also always felt like he accepted me at face value for exactly who I was and not this ideal of the Southern cute girl or anything like that, that I felt like a lot of the guys I had dated before, like I, I felt like they put me up on a pedestal. <laughs> He's always been very like, yeah, no, that's not the case. And the honesty and the other thing that was big for me was how well he cared for his ex-wife and his um, his kids. Like from watching him over there, I knew no matter what happened between us that he was always going to be there for me and was always going to take care of me. So and he's just a he's a good guy at his heart and as tough as his exterior may seem he he's a softy at heart i'm <laughs> good <laughs> i think we were having a lot of conversations that a lot of couples wouldn't normally have because he had already been there so he knew what to expect the things that could be coming up for us and just us interacting me being a stepmom to his kids or before I was even a stepmom having to have conversations and um, interacting with his ex-wife we had to talk about stuff that couples that didn't have previous marriages don't have to talk about so I don't know about for you I just got lost (laughs) I, I, I was lost I was I was dreaming of your sandals. Myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I zoned out. My bad. Um, I'm not sure if we had any conversations about numbers of kids, but clearly (laughs) we were going to have kids because she was so young. And I, you know, like I said before, most people don't have four children. So I think I wasn't expecting four more children. Um, and, and, you know, we have three natural kids and then and then um, because of a, a tragedy in Alicia's family, we we took in uh, a nine year old who is now 12, who has really shifted the dynamic. Of, uh, yeah, it's been it's been hard. It's been rough and unexpected. But it's getting better. I mean, he's getting better and we're getting better all together. But, uh, you know, that was something I had never done and never expected to do. Well, the fact that when it did come up where uh, there was a situation where his mom couldn't take care of him anymore and we didn't think she was going to make it uh, very long. She She lived a lot longer than we thought. But when I brought it to him, he just, okay. Let's do this. I mean, I'm sure there was much more thought behind it and there were concerns. Maybe, but but my thinking was, I mean, just logistically, we had two kids way younger than he did. He is. So I thought, you know, we're going to be raising kids long before this kid is going to be an adult by the time we finish raising our kids. Um, And I asked her, I said, do you really want to do this? Is this really important to you? And she said, yes. And so... 
I, I think when I think about it, I was kind of cavalier and saying, okay. <laughs> we uh, didn't have any idea what we were getting yeah, into. Yeah, because it, it's not as if he was a baby and we got to we got to fuck him up our own way. <laughs> we're getting somebody else's fuck up. And, and, and I'll be honest, there's a lot of fuck up. I mean, he's a great kid, but his mom, you know, very different parent. Very different. And I've had to, and I don't, I told her, I said, it's your family, so you're going to have to deal with them because, you know, you know how direct I can be and I don't want to mess up anything, you know, but I will if I, if I need to. And certain things were happening in the house that uh, were not allowed in my house. And we found out that his mom, because he used to talk to her all the time, was giving him instructions on how to do things that were uh, antithetical to the way I do things. So uh, when I found that out, because I was away working, and then I, I heard it, and I, she called on the phone, and I said, I need to talk to her. And I got on the phone, and I said, listen, you know, that stuff doesn't work here. You can't tell him to do that, because I'm telling him to do the opposite, and he's in my house. He's your child. If you want him to do that, let me know and I will buy him a plane ticket tomorrow and I will send him back to you. And because, you know, Alicia said, oh, she's very defensive. And I said, I don't give a fuck what she is. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you know, it has to be that way. This is he's we, we are 100 percent percent responsible for him. Yeah. He's in our home. Yeah. We have to be the ones that are raised. And we'll get the blame for if he does stuff and all of that. So I said, he's got to he's gotta live in the rules of the house and the rules that the other kids have to live by. And so, you know, I think Alicia thought she was going to put up a fight and everything. She said, oh, oh, no. Oh, I, I didn't know that. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and uh, from that point on, those problems went away. You know, there were other problems, obviously, um, but it it has it has been <laughs> a challenge, <laughs> to say the least. But he's way he's, he's really significantly he, being in a family environment, having to have dinner together, and having rules, and not being able to just watch TV until you fall asleep, even though you have school. You know, having to do homework, having, you know. Being responsible for yourself. It's all structure. I mean, uh, it's structure. It's not perfect. We're not perfect and everything. But but you have to have a structure in anything. Forget about, a, a, I mean, ultimately everything is a family, right? Your family, your extended family, your friends are family. If you don't have some kind of structure to it, then it's just it's anarchy you know and i think he he lived in anarchy he was able to do whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do and wasn't held responsible for anything and and that's what we had been dealing with all that time and we've seen significant changes in him just overall in his attitude and his happiness. And I mean, he had a really big shift. He moved across the country. Suddenly he's got siblings that he has to cooperate with and interact with and into a totally different structure of a home. So, And a father yeah. that he never had. I, didn't, I never grew up with a father, so I, I don't know what that's like. 
but one of the it's weird because the day <laughs> I flew to New York, I'd never met this kid. Never. I saw him once on FaceTime, I think. Yeah. But I I didn't I never met him. So I flew to New York. I met him. Hi, how you doing? Blah blah blah. We got on a plane and came back here. And that was This is dead. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, you know, and and you know, it was uh so it's a new for all of us, not just him. And having to try to understand that he, you know, he's nine. So our imprint has to, we have to, we have to understand that it, it's going to take time for him to know how things work here. And that uh, because he's the oldest, that you know he's he's literally he's the oldest in one sense but he's the youngest in another because yeah. he doesn't know what a family structure is he only had a mother and they only they lived you know in uh you know through the group state shelters yeah group shelters and, and all of that stuff so so it was it was and is you know still we're still learning and stuff but uh I mean, parenting overall is just a constant learning curve. It's just, ooh, and our kids are not like the calm, nice children. They challenge us a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Jackson was born in 2010. My first, his fifth. fifth yeah. <laughs> um, and it was. <laughs> He was, came out what we thought perfectly healthy, no problem. It was uh, not the easiest birth, but no complications whatsoever. And then um, went to for his, he was just small, like he wasn't gaining weight like he was supposed to be gaining. And they thought, oh, my milk wasn't coming in or just several different things. And then at the two month checkup, um, he thought he heard a slight heart murmur. And his heart rate was really fast. And I said, oh, well, I just breastfed him. So maybe it was that. And then went in for the three-month checkup. And the pediatrician was not comfortable with his heart rate. And he was like, I'm pretty sure I heard a murmur. He's like, just to be safe, I want to send you to see a cardiologist. And he was actually in New Orleans. Yeah. um, Filming out of who knows what. And... um, you were here with my mom. It yeah, was my mom's thank, birthday. Yeah, that's right. We were supposed to go out for lunch after. And I think the pediatrician tried to keep it much calmer than he actually mm-hmm. felt about it because he was like, I- I'm going to call him to get you in today. And I'm like, because you were leaving, I was the, leaving next the next day. So you think if it's minor, oh, when I come back, we'll go. He's like, no, no, I'll get the, you in today. So apparently he called and had them stay open a little later. We go, um, and Jackson didn't look unhealthy at all. Outside of him being a little small, at least to us, looking back, he was like his lips were blue. He was slightly darker color because of his lack of oxygen. I didn't see blue. I, I but just say looking it. back if his at lips the pictures, were blue, they were darker. They were darker. Yeah, but you can notice. It was just a, you know. I, I say that because there were 
There were no signs. There were zero. He was. I, even he, even the cardiologist. Yeah. When you went in, he first he was comes like, in. He's like, this kid is fine, but since you're here, we'll do a, a echocardiogram. I forget what it's called, and and we'll check him out. But I mean, he, there's looks like there's nothing wrong with him. So we go in, do the cardiogram, come back and sit in the office. They taped all these things to him to hear his heart rate and whatnot. And then they say, well, we're going to have you go into the doctor's office. And that's when it was like, well, wait a minute. And it turned out he had, um, I won't say the medical terms because I don't remember it, but it was TAPVR. So basically the artery that was supposed to connect the upper chamber to the lower chamber didn't wasn't there. And so the oxygenated blood was not getting to the rest of his body. But the good news was if you have a heart condition, that's the one you want because it's the most easily fixed. And it's usually only one surgery. And he had a hole in his heart. Yeah, and there was a hole in between the two upper chambers, which was actually a good thing because it was allowing oxygenated blood to pass back and forth. So we... Um, we're told that we would be able to wait until he was two, but his... Well, you had, you know, the, the from my perspective, I get, I'm in my, uh, I'm in New Orleans, I'm doing a film, and I get a phone call. Because they're coming tomorrow. Phone. Yeah, at, from the doctor's office. And I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, you guys ready? You know, oh, no, we're here at the... the Okay, okay, and the doctor starts explaining things to me, and there's no video chat. There's no video, back yeah, then, yeah. So. And I'm walking, and I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a suite, right? So I'm, I'm pacing the whole thing. So it wasn't just a little room. I was pacing the whole thing as he talks, and and so I said, I said, okay, hold on. So are just so I'm clear, are you telling me he's gonna need open heart surgery? at some point and he says yes and he's only three months old yeah. now uh, right and and again there's no signs because even our pediatrician he never saw blue or he never saw he never said any of that it was, it was literally just the yeah i mean thank god he, he saved his life yeah i mean that's how i see it but it, it was a shock to everybody and so I'm, I'm pacing and I'm pacing and I'm, I'm nobody's with me. I'm by myself. You have my mom, you know, yeah. who's since passed away, but you have my mom. And uh, and I get off the phone and I'm pacing and I just start, I'm just crying. I mean, I, I can't believe it. Like a three-month-old baby, they said they were going to wait, but he has to have open-heart surgery. I don't know, to me, that's a huge <laughs> surgery is very scary. And the only thing I can think of that might be worse is brain surgery, you know, but, you know, so I, I was, and I had to go to work the next day. I was ruined and I, you know, but they were coming the next day. Yeah. So I think I went into a little bit of shock because I went to stand up and like the room was spinning. They had to give me orange juice like it just wasn't really processing and I'm like well I gotta take my mother-in-law out to lunch like I gotta mm -hmm. get out of here we haven't eaten all day and I'm like blaming it on lack of food but it was just like what like that's 
it's big. You it's don't really expect big. that. It's like there was no hint of it. So I started out my day going to a regular checkup and ended with us finding out our son was going to have to have open heart surgery. So it was. And he had to have the big because they did travel to New Orleans to see Yeah, me. the next day. But he had um, he had a 24 hour uh uh, monitor on him to read his oxygen levels, yeah. and it was just electronically sending the info in the box. It was a box. And then so I'm box going through the airport with this kid with all these heart things attached to him in this box that you carry like a purse, and people are looking at me like, "Why are you traveling <laughs> with a kid that is so sick?" I'm like. And we asked, and he said, no, so you can travel, you, that, that'd be fine. And, you know, when I first saw him, that's how I see him. He's got this thing on, and he looks normal, he looks fine. And, they, you know, at some point, the doctor was saying to us later on, you don't, you haven't seen him struggling for air, or he hasn't turned, and then he said, he hasn't turned blue at night or anything like that. And we're like, no, of course we, and I've had, I've, had, I've been through a lot of shit with children, years before this so i said no no nothing at most he would sweat when he, he sweat he sweat and he would breastfeed a lot because now looking back he couldn't get the oxygen he needed to do a full feed so he would be breastfeeding like every half hour it was really <laughs> annoying because i didn't know what was going on and nobody else really knew what was going on so yeah i wasn't i wasn't a breastfeeding champion knowledge <laughs> person yeah you know, i didn't know much about yeah um but it was it was devastating yeah yeah he had the surgery at eight months he had the surgery <laughs> 7 21 11 22 7 22 sorry i can't even i can't, I can't read. read i can't read 7 22 11 which was uh, the, the reason i have this tat is because it, it was the it, it was literally the worst day of my life and then four hours later it was the best day of my life because he was okay but the giving him over we were so he was eight months old so he, they can't they had to give him a little something to make him loopy before they could even drug him yeah and and be, before they could even take him because most kids are not going to go to strangers and just be cool. So we had him and he was get he was getting loopy now and we're waiting behind these these two big doors and an anesthesiologist is there this woman and she's like I'll give you a, some time you know with with uh, and we are just a crying. Mess. I mean bawling. And but Jackson <laughs> is like yeah <laughs> He's laughing. And so we're, we're bawling and we look at him and we laugh and then we cry and then we laugh and cry. And we, it's, it was such a surreal moment. And then, you know, we we kiss him and, does, and we, we hand him to her and she walks through these doors and it is, I mean, it was. That's because you have... No idea. I remember when we found out about the surgery and I Google everything and I go on Google and I mean, the kids are laid out with tubes everywhere. And I'm just like, well, I can't look at this. I can't look at this. 
but that's how he looked when they brought him out after the surgery. And as that was the best moment because he made it through the yeah, surgery. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't care what tubes were coming out of where. It's like my baby made it through the surgery. And okay, we're we're okay. We got through that point now. But I always thought that that point was going to break me down. But no, I was just like, oh. Yeah, it was the, it was the yeah. And we had a lot of friends with us at the hospital. Yeah. And I think the doctor did something smart because she said it's going to be four hours, but it was really like two and a half. So, you know, you're you're going, oh, oh, we got another 90 minutes. So we're just talking and, you know, friends are distracting us and we're just, you know, and, you know, I think it was two and a half hours. It was much shorter. It was much than shorter. We thought and it she was comes be. through the door and we're like, oh, oh. And, you know, yeah. there's that moment and she's like, oh, it went great and this and that. I was like, oh, she. So that, I think that's really smart. I think they do that on purpose. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty smart. <laughs> so you're not panicking, right? Yeah, and you're looking and you're like, oh, it's talk. been, uh, she said it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, it was. But who knows? I mean, maybe if there were complications yeah. that it could you go, you know. That. And, and that's that's what I, that's one of the things you. I mean, you're giving an eight month old baby, and he's having open heart surgery. Pop his chest open and take his heart out. And even before that, when we you have to go for the pre op stuff and in the early in the morning, and they take the blood. It was killing yeah, me because right. he was crying, and I swear at one point, like I couldn't hold him down, and so they had to strap him to the little table. My little baby is on the table. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. I had to step out of the room. And I swear he turns and looks at me. (laughs) And this little tear goes out the side of his eye. And I'm like, oh, my God, my little baby. And I, I refused to leave that room the entire time he was in the hospital. I don't think I showered. I just, I could not. I needed to be there every Minute. It was also rough because it was at Children's Hospital LA and there are a lot of other kids. So you have to pass a lot of rooms and a lot of those kids didn't have parents in there. And and, these and they were all, they weren't there for different things. They were all there for heart surgery. And some, I think, I think the brain surgery had a different wing. But so it was all serious. And Thank God at the time we we were able to wait a little bit longer. So we got one on one, one nurse for one patient. They had just opened the 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 pediatric. It's amazing. It's amazing. One on one care. Yeah, it's very amazing. But you would you would walk by and you would hear kids crying. Alarms going off and people running in on emergencies and. And it was it was it's rough and and that's just walking to go get something to eat. Yeah, going or, past you know, all the rooms. Yeah, you know, I like want to go in and hold the other babies. Like some of the moms had um, C sections, so they couldn't even leave the hospital. You could hear the helicopters landing on top of the roof to bring these little babies to Children's Hospital. Yeah, like I don't think I've ever really emotionally processed that. Because it's just it's just too much. You can't live in a place like that. You you you, you know. I mean, obviously those nurses do and the doctors and everything, but you have to step back because it's just too. It's so 
It, I, those nurses, I, I don't understand how they do it. It's, that's just an amazing yeah. job to have to get through every single day. And knowing that, you know, that, that kids are lost all the oh. time. I don't know if as a couple we ever felt strained towards each other, really. I mean, yeah, you get on each other's nerves and you're tired and you say stupid stuff to each other. But I never really felt a strain towards him. I mean, when I first had Jackson, it was like, well, his life is just going on. And mine is like completely (laughs) different now. I'm stuck in this chair and he's going to the gym. This is not fair. But I mean, like outside of us getting on each other's nerves or, you know, when one parent is kind of fed up and the other parent's going to take over or it's like, okay, I got this. And you're like, no, it has to happen this way. And and you know you're crazy, but you have to let go. But I don't really feel like we have had a lot of strain throughout having these kids. And we try to talk a lot about the things that we want to do and the ideas that we have, not that we necessarily follow through with everything. But yeah, I don't know about you. I, I No, feel- but that, I mean, to me, that's what I was talking about earlier, about the downtime and hanging around and knowing that, um, that most of your life is not the big stuff. You know, most of your life is not like, oh, well, you know, you know, all the... All the stuff that supposedly what marriage is, you know, and yes, we walk on the beach and <laughs> we make sure that, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's, if that's what your marriage is, you're done. It's not going to happen because most of it is the little stuff. And I think what I was saying earlier about how I kind of knew that this was good and this was strong is that that little stuff was always easy you know it wasn't and whatever big because we we actually don't really argue that much (laughs) i think we've argued a few times we fuss at each other but no like big yeah we could count the number of times we've had a big argument and if you can't if you can't let it go then you're done too you can you know you forget to forget that but but i think because the I, I can't, you don't blame the other person for whatever, and you don't, like, sometimes because we're both strong, especially early on, you know, I think the idea is you just want to win, <laughs> right? I, I don't care if I'm right. I just want to win. But if you can't get rid of that, then you might win, but then you're going to lose in the long run, you know? So when you... When you can just say, okay, I don't have to win this one. I don't have to. Is is it really that important that I prove my point? And sometimes it is. But in general, you you know, and I'm, I'm learning this too more and more. Is that it's just not important. It's just, it's actually pretty stupid. And you're a pretty stupid person if that's, you know, that's your goal is just to win, um, and even with the kids, because sometimes with the kids, it's like, look, I, you know, I'm the adult and this is my way. And in general, I think that's true. It has to be because somebody has to be in charge. But at some point you have to say, especially with Jackson, of all oh people, gosh. you have to say, OK, 
okay, stop. Let him do it his way because he is so fastidious in how he likes to do things. Well, yeah, but I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, you know, you just have to say, okay, let him do it. Let him do it. And and sometimes I let him and sometimes I don't. It just depends, you know. It's really, really hard, <laughs> especially when in your head you're going, this is ridiculous. I need to let it go. But like the emotion of it in the moment, you're like, no. No, this is right now just about you not listening to me. And that boy is... Whew. And Nolan's tough, too. Yeah, Nolan's Nolan getting a... tougher. She's four. But she's... Yeah, she'll just stand in there and she'll say no. And you go, now you know you're about to get in trouble. Do you, you, you sure you want to keep saying no? Because you're going to get in trouble. And I'm trying to tell you, you have a couple of options. And you're choosing the option that's going to get you in trouble. No. You know. And and part like you want that in your kids, at least I do. Yeah. Because when I was first a father, I had to be right. And I think with my oldest kid, I I feel like I took that away from him. You know, like I like I didn't allow him to flex his muscles ever. Because it was my way. Or the highway, you know, and 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 it still is kind of my way. But I have to realize that that's the fight that I want them to have as an as an adult so that they can go out there and and make whatever pathway they want. And if I have anything to do with taking that fight away, then I'm totally doing a disservice to my kids. And I think I did that in part to my to my first kid, my oldest kid, who's now who's about to turn 32. And I'm very care- I'm very conscious of it, even though it does, doesn't not always, yeah. you know, you know, because but I, you know, that's what I want. I want him to have that independence and I want him to try to figure things out himself. Do it his way. Do it his way. But sometimes you just can't take it and you and you step <laughs> in you know it's hard it's it, parenting is the hardest thing ever i think i i i you know obviously i haven't you know I'm, i've never performed brain surgery <laughs> so i don't know if it's harder than brain surgery but i think as you know emotionally mentally physically you know and in terms of the amount of time and the the consistency of it I can't imagine that anything requires more and is more difficult and is more, you know, elating at the same time than than being a parent. And people always say parenting, oh, it gets easier. It gets easier as they get older. No, it really doesn't. And I really wish people would stop saying it doesn't get easier. It changes constantly changes as they get older and they learn new stuff or they, you know, they become more their own person. But I have yet to see it get easier. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. I have got to pee. Okay. <laughs> In my house, I live, my wife lives, our four children lives. And my ex-wife lives. <laughs> uh, Not normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, but it works for us and it's, very well. And it's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, and if you had asked me that, you know, 15 years ago or even 10 years ago, uh, I'd have been like, nah, but it is, it, it runs so smoothly. It's crazy. It's very odd. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the way it happened was, I think, uh, I, I bought a house for my ex-wife and three of our kids, because I think one was done. But anyway, I bought a house for them because they had been in Mississippi and they came back. And I told her that she came back, I would buy a house here. And bought a house, put them up. Uh, after a while, they lost the house. Um, um, and then I put them in an apartment. And then things went bad there. And... Uh, so one or two, but two of my girls, oh, well, well, one of my, my middle daughter was staying with us instead of with her mom. She wanted to stay with me. So she stayed with me and she was uh, preparing to go to college and everything after high school. And so, so she was with us, we had the room and then she moved out on her own. And my two other daughters and my ex-wife needed a place just in it till they found just till they found another apartment (laughs) so they moved in with us but he happened to get i think he had a show in canada at the time and um i wasn't pregnant when they first i can't i I don't know but legend was there so it was a big transition at the time legend was there i think legend was there no 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 no. he wasn't even around no I, they, time is mixed Yeah, up, this is probably about six years ago. I could have used the the help, basically. Uh, he was away, and they were there. And it just, at first I was like, okay, it's temporary, right? But okay, we get along fairly well. And when we go to things together, there's no big problems or anything. Because before that, before that happened, we would always... Mother's Day, Thanksgiving, uh, and she came to our wedding actually, yeah. and that was eleven years ago. So, yeah, um, you know, so they we've been interacting. It wasn't you know new the interaction, but the but the but the regularity of every day. And, yeah. you know, you get up, oh, you go to bed, oh, they, you know, that was that was new, and that's what I was I was like. Um, I don't know how that shit is going to, you know, if I want to walk around in my underwear, you know, or something like that. It's like, I don't, you know, and, you know, obviously I don't walk around in my underwear even now with, uh, with Tracy here, but the truth is I could because there's, there's nothing between my ex-wife and I except love. I mean, I, she is. I mean, we've been together, we've known each other for 33 years, you know, since I was in college. Um, and uh, with all the crap that we've gone through, and we went through some crap, trust me, I mean, it was not an easy divorce. But, you know, she's just, she's important to me. And it's important that, you know, that she's being helped, you know. Uh, she raised my first four children and 
she's not, you know, a lawyer or a doctor or somebody out there, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she's she's a mom and she's, you know, she's important. And so it, you know, I, it, it's not an obligation. It's just the way it is. You know, that's my responsibility. It fell into place and it just worked for all of us. I mean, she's been a tremendous help with me, especially you know, we weren't expecting to take Legend on. And then my last pregnancy was not an expected pregnancy. So it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but with his work yeah, schedule, like, he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it just happened. But with his work schedule and never knowing what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, where he's going to have to be. I mean, last year I was out of, out of the country yeah. for like seven months or Davis something? was born and when Davis hit two months he was in Australia France South Africa Atlanta he was gone for like five and a half months if Tracy hadn't been here I would have died or killed <laughs> one of my kids I don't know which everyone came first <laughs> there was no way I would have made it through that time without her help at all it just would not have happened <laughs> And I don't know, sometimes maybe she and I get along better than we're getting along. We yeah, pick on a, him yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, they do pick on me. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, he said this, but you were, yeah, they pick on me a lot. And it's weird how comfortable it is. Um, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Not one lick of sense, but it works for us. And she's she's moved away. She's moved out. She's gone to uh, Florida for a job hated it and I was like you can come back if you want to I asked I asked Alicia is that cool you know she's oh yes please <laughs> and so she was like oh really and Tracy was like great I'll be there <laughs> so she came back and then she tried it well she went to New York New York and that was a big bust and she was so happy to come back and it you know it just works and there's you know there's no uh the kids There's no love fighting. It too. Yeah, the kids. She loves the kids. The yeah. kids love her. And you know, my whole life, even as much as I traveled, and it was much harder on Tracy um, when we were younger. But we never had help. We never hired anybody. Never had a nanny or never had it. And we didn't. None of us liked the idea of, of that. Yeah. And you know, uh, it's for some people. And cool. I don't. I don't care. That's their life. Uh, our lives, we didn't want non-family members being around the kids more than us or e- equal to us or even close to us. So, you know, my my daughters, my adult daughters are often coming over and, and hanging, hanging out, out or watching the kids when we go out and do something. Um, I was able to go to South Africa with him for two, for two weeks. weeks. Yeah, with Tracy Davis. was here, and the um, the girls helped out, and my mom. So yeah, it's, yeah, it just works, and it's uh, it feels it's still like it's in family to me, um, and you know, I I obviously I have to give mad respect to Alicia because. You know, you always go, well, what, how does your wife feel that, you know, for allowing this to happen? Yeah, like, wow. I mean, and and some people have said, you know, well, are you like doing your ex wife? I'm like, (laughs) dude, that is, that is so not the case. You know, we're just, I mean, as close as we are, and we, we, we had 
Tracy and I spend a lot of time alone as well, um, just because everybody's in school and she's out or whatever. Well, I go, I pick her up for the airport and she takes my car or whatever. And it's just not an issue. It just isn't. And I don't know why, And but, but one of the things is what we obviously choose not to make it an issue. <laughs> well, you can make anything an issue if you want it to be. And uh, it's kind of stupid to make things issues that aren't really issues. Uh, and it works, so. It was a process and it just got to that. And I think like a lot of the tensions that Tracy and I had in our marriage and after our marriage and because of all the, you know, the finances and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Um, you would think that it would never go away. But, I, you know, we have we let it go away because ultimately it is really unimportant. And uh, that's I think that's a testament to all of them, you know, because uh it's just a, it's just waste it just wastes your time. Yeah. You don't have a you don't have a whole lot of it. No. And I get a sister wife. <laughs> that's what we call each other sister wives she actually just gave me a coffee cup from her last trip that she had she uh, made it to say sister wife on it so for me i mean you know my life is obviously i'm an actor i make films and tv and that's what a lot of people know but that that's the smaller part of my life because the everyday part of my life is you know being a dad and being a husband and you know that's my um that's the part of my life that is most gratifying to me you know even in the in the chaos and in the you know the the craziness i because i because especially i turn i turn 55 in october and the older I get, and the more when I, I see people my age and older without a family, and this is not against anybody because your life is yours. And uh, my best friend is unmarried and, and he I don't think he will be getting married and not having children. He has a great life, but he and I are like opposites. You know, he still got the ladies and, you know, <laughs> making the big this and that and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, it's a big secret. Yeah. Um, and there are things that I think he wants about my life. And honestly, there are things I like about his life, too. I, I used to have it, right? you know. But ultimately, the, the thing that gratifies me the most is especially having older kids and seeing them grow up and now they're working and they're contributing. And, you know, I mean, some of their beliefs are kind of wacky, but it's, <laughs> the, you know, they're young. But it's so, like every time one of my kids gets a job, because a couple of them are in this business, but they're not actors, they're, they work behind the scenes. And to see my daughter posting on Twitter, you know, this new job and how much she loves it. And, and, and that I had a little bit in her getting, going into this field. Um, is is the best. It is the best. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just is so... Because my kids are good people. You know, they're not... 
you know, like everybody says, oh, well, my kid is a doctor or a lawyer or my kid went to Harvard or anything. And that, I wouldn't mind that. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not I'm not hating on that. But the fact that I can say my kids are good people and that people that know them, like them and respect them and appreciate them, that's that's awesome. And, and uh, so for, for these other little rug rats running around, <laughs> I always think, uh, I you know, who who knows what they can be and what they're gonna be, but being the guy responsible for giving them the home and the you know the the air conditioning, especially <laughs> when it's 122 <laughs> degrees out here, you know, and the 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 the, the food and the and the. I mean, at least she does so much of the school because I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about that stuff. But, and and just the, the 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 relationship and the because they see us kiss a lot and they go yeah yeah. And I think oh that's great because I never saw that. I never saw that. I never saw my dad pat my my mom on the ass or you know <laughs> a little kiss or I have no history from that perspective. And um, it's just great. It's the, it's, to me, it's the best part of my life. It, and I love, listen, I love acting. I love what I do. And I, I'm grateful that 35 years later, I can still do it to a, a, a fairly high level and make a living. Because I always thought, oh, the older you get, you know, they're going to need you less and less and less. But I'm actually working as, more, as much as I ever have. And that's great. And that's for me and my motorcycles. That's for me. It used to be for us. But when she had the baby, she <laughs> you know, doesn't ride since now. since having babies. Yeah, for almost eight years now. But it's for me and I need to do it. Those two things separate. Um, this this is the best. And it's the thing that uh, as I get older and older, I can realize that... Um, yeah, I just have I, like the holidays are the best. All the because the are kids in the are house. here, and all my kids, and so a couple of friends, and and it, and they're not big, huge moments. It's not about those big, huge moments. It's just about the you know the fact that it you know that I was one of the people that it started from, and I, you know I had I just lost my mom last year, and thinking about you know the cycle, you know her and. You know, unfortunately, my my her and my dad, but trying to break that cycle and hopefully, especially in the black community, we can break that cycle. Because to me, I mean, with all the problems that are going on, I, I think the major problem is the lack of family, the, 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 the main source, you know, um, and uh, so I feel good about that. I feel good that. I never ran out on any of my kids um, and that I'll be here. I mean, until I die, I'll, I'll be here and I'm not planning on going anywhere. And this, this is just so strong and easy and... There's no divorce here. Nah, nah, not for me anyway. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> Maybe I when he's know. old, I'll just... That's going to be soon. That's going to be soon. <laughs> I am getting there. <laughs> but he works out so much, he'll be healthier than me. Most uh, of I have to. I have to. I, I mean, it's. Uh, I have to. But I love it, though. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, it's a great life. It really is. It's an awesome life.
Well, I got to tell you, the idea that having kids, because there's so many actors that have kids at 60 and 70, I find that to be, I, I, sometimes it pisses me off because I'm like, you're 70 having kids? That kid is, you're going to be dead before that, you know. <laughs> and so, right. So earlier this year, I went to see the doctor. So Mike Beach is having no more kids. <laughs> because, yeah. No, but that's a that's a good point because I think that's one of the reasons I go to the gym because I've always been active with my kids. I taught them all how to ride bikes, how to drive, how to, you know, we go out and we play. And so with Davis, who was a year and a half, and I'm 55, basically, you know, <laughs> am I going to be able to run around in 15 years, you know, when it's going to be really important for him? And... Um, and my answer is yes, I will, because I'm going to the gym and I'm eating well and I, but it's been like kind of my, my life, although I go up and down, up and down, but, um, it's important to me, not just for me, but for the young kids that I have that I, I won't be sitting in a chair going, yes, go ahead, go get the ball. Bring it back. Go get the ball. Hey, I've seen some people who are 70 who look like, yo, dude, you're 70? Damn, what the fuck did you do? Your life has been hard, bro. He's got good genes, so I'm not worried about him making it. Well, we'll see. I mean, that is the fight, you know. You know, the idea of chasing happiness... You know, it's like chasing, like, hey, if I just had this, I'd be happy. Hey, if I just had this, I'd be happy. Hey, if I could just do this. It's like, dude, what about where you are right now? So you, the only way you're going to be happy is if you get this, and then, oh, you got to get the next thing, and oh, no, you, you know, I, to me, you make a choice. You're either happy or you're unhappy. You make that choice, whether you have money or not. I've had lots of money. I've had no money. And it really didn't affect whether I was happy or not. I mean, obviously, I'd rather have more money. It makes things easier, but it doesn't make me happy. And uh, if I get up every time, every day, and I say, "Look, I'm just, I'm just gonna be happy today," and eventually, I, and I do do that, and eventually, you don't have to say it anymore, because I know choosing to be happy is way better than choosing to be negative or not or not even choosing to be negative but not choosing to be happy like no matter what you do i have a tat it's a hard work wins but the tat i really want to get is we are our choices which john uh which is uh uh, uh sartre the 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 french philosopher and i i think that's so true and that is how at some point I've I've decided to try to live my life is that the choices I make define who I am. So if I am choosing to do negative things, then it says something about me. And there's no way around it. You can you can bullshit yourself if you want to, but if you're you keep choosing to do that, then that's the dude you are. So I've chosen, and I'm still trying to choose. I mean, it's not, uh, but I don't have the magic pill, but <laughs> I'm choosing to be happy. And I'm choosing to do the things that that sometimes are not the things you want to do, 
but it's the things that you should do that you need to do in order to, you know, live a live a good life, live a happy life. You know, that's one of the things that he is so. I've never met a man that is so clear about making choices for himself and what that means in his life and being so intentional about it. And that to know no matter what I do, this man is making choices to be in this marriage. And he he doesn't have to. He didn't, when we first started out together, that's not the choices he was making. He was always clear about that. (laughs) But every day he chooses to be here and he makes that very clear to me. And that just helps the marriage. As much as I'm like, I may be like, oh God, this guy is getting on my nerves. (laughs) He, He wants to be here at the end of the day and he wants to be happy with me. So that, that just helps this just... With every crazy thing that happens during the day or if he has to pick up and leave for three weeks, I think that's what holds us at our core is we're both making active choices every day to show up and be in this with each other. And that's not to say I haven't I've made bad choices, too, but (laughs) but I have to own those in order to not make them anymore. You know, so I have made you know, like everybody, bad choices. And, but I, I don't like to blame those choices on somebody else. Like I didn't do it. No, he made me. I mean, I, I did it. It's my choice. I have to accept the consequences. Um, and they're usually not good. So I, I want to stay away from making bad choices as much as I can. You know? <laughs> remind me of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> 